0: Um, morality and decency and integrity are part of what we should believe in. And I think every family and every home wants that. And we've just dedicated a child. And I want to talk about the responsibilities of parents. And I want you to listen. And if you think I'm getting at you, you'll be right. You have responsibilities. Parents have responsibilities. Don't you ever think that you can put your responsibility onto someone else? Because you can't. Don't parents think, oh well, my children go to a Christian school. Thank God for Christian schools. We've got one. But don't think that that negates your responsibility. It doesn't. And don't think that modern day Wisdom is any good, it's not. Never has been, never will be. I don't believe in going on into trendy ways. I believe in sticking with that which is true, tested, the word of God. That's it. And um, all errors have come because people want to go and they want to reform things. And they want to make them more simple, more day-to-day, more colloquial. I don't. I'm against it, always have been against it, always will be against it. Why? Because I find that God laid down principles and his principles are the right principles. We are Christians and have a right to our beliefs. And we should stand for them. There's nowhere where people should have a right to impose upon us morals that are not moral Ethics that are not ethical, and ways of life that we abhor, and God abhors. We have a right to say we have freedom. We have freedom of choice. We have freedom of reason. There are some who stand up against the trend and speak out. But too many people keep silent. And unfortunately, the Christians have become a silent majority. Afraid to stand up for what is true. It's time they woke up. Because if you don't speak up and fight for what's right, you're going to get what's wrong. I want to deal with parental responsibility this morning. You've got a responsibility. Turn with me to Deuteronomy, chapter 6. In a good authorised version... In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, thy days may be prolonged now who's it for thy son and who thy son's son you know what I love about it God is concerned with families and generations he's not concerned with just uh, um, today and what we have is we have families that have no inheritance We have families that don't have a moral and ethical inheritance because fathers and mothers don't think it's their responsibility anymore to make sure that their children grow up with the values that their forefathers had. They think that it's alright just to go with modern trends. Well I want to tell you it isn't. And then he goes on and makes it plain. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of your fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Now where would that be? Where is it going to be? Where do you sit in your house? At home. Where do you lie down? Where? At home. Where do you talk? At home. Where is the responsibility? At home. Isn't that right? Now you might want to pervert it. that's what God thinks who's responsible parents you teach it to your children how diligently is that correct or isn't it is that what the Bible says who's responsible who's responsible say oh well I don't have time to do that well you have time to watch television you have time to mess around You have time to do things that aren't worth doing It's about time you had time to do what God says you should do Isn't it? Hmm? You know you can make time for what you want to do Anyone makes time in their life for what they want to do But God says here, this is what you're going to do You teach it diligently to your children don't you think you can opt out and say it's someone else's responsibility. It isn't. It's yours. God gave you children and we've dedicated a child. The responsibility is for the parents. For your children's children. You've got to teach them diligently. All that God has said. First thing is to bring love. Love to God. And this is the one when, when a man came to Jesus and he said well what, what is the... Uh, greatest commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength and with all thy mind. And Jesus added mine there in the New Testament. That's what the Lord teaches. And thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. And it's so important to understand you have a responsibility before God don't ever think that you can give it over to someone else and say well it's all right but it's someone else's responsibility no it's not someone else's it's yours you see to teach someone you need to get them to understand they'll understand it parents if you live it they're not going to understand it if you say one thing and live another If you're a bad-tempered grouch all the time, your children will learn how to be bad-tempered and a grouch. Why? Because the life example they see doesn't match up to the Word of God. What you are is more important than what you say. Children will believe it when you live it you don't live it, why should they believe it? And you have a responsibility. God put that responsibility upon parents. How often I see children go wrong. I know where to look. Look at the parents. That's what the Bible teaches. If you train up a child in the way that he should go, when he is old, he's not going to depart from it. If he does depart from it, look at the parents, they got it wrong. That's fact. Don't ever think it isn't. Parents should sit down and start weighing up where they went wrong. Otherwise they're going to pass it on and teach other people to go the wrong way. It's your responsibility you are responsible god says so don't ever think you say oh well i gave it to someone else you know it's not the school's responsibility children need to understand you know one of the beautiful things in a young life is they start asking the question why they ask the question what you explain it i find today the modern idea is to get language so simple that you know it's in simple language well I'm glad my children all learned the scriptures they learned the good authorized version and I will tell you what they learned how to understand what the words meant why because I told them what they meant when they didn't understand I taught them in home my wife taught them in home my son still comes if he doesn't understand He's married, but he still comes, and so does my daughter. She's 29. She's 30, isn't she? 29, 29. Okay, she is 29. And she'll still come and ask me. She's married. Married to a lawyer, so it's obvious she'd come and ask me. Uh, Ask me, you know, well, what about this? What about that? My son still comes Hey, why? Because they learnt For our son's sons Glory to God God intends our faith To be passed on From generation to generation And in Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, the promise is unto you, to your children, unto all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Thank God that when you come in, you're part of the body of Christ, and you're in a true church where the Spirit of God moves, you have one benefit. Boy, you've got children and children's children. They're going to grow up in the fear and admonition of God. They're going to go God's way. For our children and our children's children. But there's a condition and that is you've got to teach them. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. What do you talk about when you sit in your house? What do your kids hear? Do they hear the values of God or the values of the world? Do they hear the drivel of some modern jingoistic idea? Psychologists try and weigh up things. Let me tell you, learning, if you do it the world's way, fine. You can come up with lots of ideas of how people remember and learn. But I want to tell you, there's something they left out. He is called the Spirit of God. And when he moves, people have it written in their hearts. And that's the place you want something written. All these modern gimmicks of teaching aren't worth that much. I'm never going to have theatre in church. If you want to go to a theatre, go to a theatre. Don't have it in church. Why? I don't believe in it. I believe in the Word of God. It's the washing of the water of the Word that changes a heart and life. The word of God Sharper than a two-edged sword Divides between soul and spirit That's what I believe in Don't believe in anything else If I want people to learn They'll learn that Church isn't for people who Don't want God It's for people that Hey I want to know what to sit down And talk to my children about Don't you? Hello? Is that plain or isn't it? Whose responsibility is it to teach children? Whose? Don't you ever open your mouth and put it on someone else. Oh, well, my children go to a Christian school. It's their responsibility. No, it's yours. And don't say, I haven't got time. Make time. If you love your kids, you'll do it. Teach them what's in the book. I care what God says. Don't you? Those are the only values that are worth having. Uh, then it goes on. You know it says, Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells dig, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten, and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him." And shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods. Of the gods of the people which are round about you. Now let me explain what it means. In modern day parlance. When God brings you out of Egypt. And Egypt's sin. When God brings you out of it. God says I'm going to prosper you. But he says, there's one thing I want you to remember and beware of. Don't forget who it was that got you out of that sin, got you out of that mess, and blessed you and prospered you. And don't, whatever you do, go after their ways, their gods, their ethics, their morals. You live the way God intends you to live. Because what blessed you, what prospered you, what lifted you up, was God's principles. Bible says righteousness exalts the nation. That's what exalts it. But when you become the prosperity, beware, don't forget. And in your life and in your family and in your home, don't forget who it is that lifted you up out of the pit. And don't think once you're lifted up that you can forget where you came from. Don't forget the pit from whence you were dug. Don't forget the mess which God brought you out of. And remember, God's got to be first. And the trouble is with people, they get out of their problem, they come to church, they get out of their situation, God begins to bless them and they quickly forget the God that brought them out. They quickly forget and they start going the ways of the world instead of the ways of God. And they think that it's all right to compromise. Well, it isn't. It's not all right to live that way. You've got a choice. You belong to God, you're the people of God, you live by God's principles. Those are the only values you cherish. This idea of accepting everything. Accept people as they are. Don't you dare. We're not multicultural. We're Christian. Jesus Christ is our saviour. There's only one Lord, one God, and you shall love him and him alone. Serve him and him alone. Say, well, there are many ways. No, there's one way to God through Jesus Christ. There are many values. No, there's one value. There are alternative lifestyles. No, there aren't. There's one way. Jesus is the way. We're Christians. We belong to Him. That's it. It's not a matter of negotiation. It's not a matter of what society's decided. Society changes. God doesn't. The values of God, the principles of God are the same. Yesterday, today and forever. James says, God in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God doesn't change. Great believer in the principles and values of God, aren't you? And he makes promises with it. That's what's wonderful. He says, Look, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. Verse 18 Thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord has spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, what mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you, then thou shalt say unto thy son, and then it goes on. We were with Pharaoh and tells the story. Hey, it's good to be able to recount how God met you, how God saved you, how God redeemed you, and why you believe in Christianity why you are what you are you know that's the most valuable thing most valuable thing in life is to have the way of truth isn't it and to live it that's the most valuable thing now our society wants to take it away from us they want to tell us oh no You can't have that anymore We're changing everything. Well, we're not God is God Look in chapter 7 All right, so in verse 8. Oh, let's take verse 7. You know, you can read it in your own time, but we'll go from verse 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath, which he hath sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And it's not just with... Your son and your son's son is for a thousand generations. I believe it. I'm a great believer, God, for a thousand generations. If you love him, he says, This is going to be forever. I like that, don't you? Hmm? Is that plain? who's responsible who's responsible for your children who's responsible for your children's children you are when they come to your house what do you sit down and talk about you talk about the things of god you teach them diligently who teaches them we do see don't any of you parents i'm talking to fathers as well as mothers, don't you think that compromise is the way of life? It isn't. God has put a responsibility upon you, and you fail in that responsibility, and you have only one person to blame, and that is yourself. God said this is the way it's going to be amongst my people. How it's going to be. Now, it's a way of love. Starts off with love. You can't teach the ways of love without love. God help us when there's homes with no love. Teachers, when they teach. I'll tell you this, if you're teaching children, they've got to know you love them before you can really teach them. If you don't love them, forget it. You've no right to be a teacher. Child learns quicker when a teacher can put his arms around him and love him. If you can't do that, don't teach. You've nothing to give, because teaching is a way of love. The ways of a Christian life is a way of love. Christ when he came. He had time for everyone. He had time for the little children. People said, oh, send them away. Don't ever get the idea. Children need to be children. Don't think you've got to make them grow up. They grow up because it's natural to grow up. They need loving. Don't you ever get austere with them. That's wrong. Doesn't help a child at all. When they know they're loved, you can discipline them easily. When they don't know they're loved, you know it becomes a tyranny. Tyranny of temper. That isn't Christianity. It's not the way of God at all. I don't believe in I believe in love. God is love. Okay. Is that plain? If you're going to teach them, teach them with love. Because how can you express? And what you are is what you are. How can you express anything if you can't love? How can you explain God if you can't love? A home without love is no home at all. goes on in verse 12 wherefore it shall come to pass if you will hearken to these judgments and keep and do them that the lord thy god shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sweared unto thy fathers and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee he will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land thy corn thy wine thine oil the increase of thy kind the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. Now that is honestly the best thing that can happen, isn't it? You'll be blessed above all. Do you know one thing that I love? When God said, hey, you're going to be my people, I'll bless you above all people on the earth. I find people say, well, as a Christian, you can't do this, you can't do that. Uh, You can't stand up for what's right because, you know, you can't get on in the world. Well, I want to tell you, if you want to get on in the world and be blessed above all people, live God's way, stick uncompromisingly to God's principles, and you will be blessed above all people in the earth. Don't believe the lie that you need to take the world's ways and the world's methods to be blessed. That is not true. That's their gods. They're gods of money. They're gods of wealth. I was talking over in America with some leaders, church leaders, and I said the trouble is that what we have today is a gospel of health and wealth. Which has left out conversion. A changed life. A new life. God just doesn't want you to have health and wealth. You can have that and end up in hell. It's a new life in Jesus Christ. And you've got to live God's way. People have got to know that there's no compromise in your life. You believe God, you're going God's way, those are God's principles, you will not compromise. God says if you'll do that, I'm going to bless you above all people. That's good, isn't it? I believe it with all my heart. But there are people of God who can stand true in the midst of it all. Amen. And God says, hey, I'm going to bless you. Out of all peoples, I'm going to bless you. It's nothing to do with race, colour of skin or nationality. It's to do with Christ. And to do with God. I'll bless you. Above all nations. It's amazing how people corrupt and want to compromise themselves. Look at this. Uh, It goes on. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Verse 23. But the Lord thy God shall deliver thee that deliver them unto thee and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed it's called your enemies God is the one who fights for us God is the one who'll do it and I've, I've just read scriptures from out of there but you, you sit down and read when you get home sit down with your kids and teach them say ah well the language is too difficult don't go to some dummy version teach them what the words mean hey isn't it good that we can speak a decent language with a good vocabulary hmm? isn't it good that we can lift up the standard do you know in america time magazine says only not not 40 percent of people in america are literate enough to write a check without a mistake in it Sixty percent of them can't even write a cheque. That's in Time magazine. Not my statistic. Kind of colloquial language becomes unmemorable. You can't memorise it. You can't, there's nothing worth remembering about it. You you go to people and they've read so many different versions of the Bible, they don't remember anything. You look at our literature, it's laced with scripture. Where did it come from? A good authorised version. (coughs) That's it. Is that clear? You say, well, I'm prejudiced. Yes, I am. God's only ever spoken to me through the authorised version. It's the only one I've ever bothered to read. It's the one I love. That's it. It's like people saying, well, you know, Shakespeare, let's teach Shakespeare, let's change all the language. Why? Wouldn't be Shakespeare, would it? If it wasn't to be or not to be, that is the question put it in modern colloquial I wonder whether it's going to happen that's more understandable look on in in Malachi coming to the end of the, the time where the children of Israel had gone away and look at this right at the end Malachi just before Matthew in Malachi chapter 3 verse 16 what does it say then they they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. Hey, the Lord heard that people were beginning to get back to the values that counted. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. It's a wonderful thing when a family the most important thing in a family's life is the ways of God. That's what a Christian is. Not, not someone who goes to church on Sunday. It's not what you are in here that counts. It's what you are when you walk out that door seven days a week. This is just an interlude to hear the word of God. But how you live is what counts. In your home, when you sit down, Teach diligently your children. Hey, your children should learn the ways of God in your home. When you sit down at your table, when you lie down, the thing they should find most of all from you is the ways of God. Shouldn't find the ways of the world. I I find some people, the only thing they're interested in is money, wealth. Someone talked to me, a businessman talked to me, and he said, Ah, well, you know, looking at it from a business point of view. You can't as a Christian. As a Christian, there's only one way to look at everything in life. That's from God's point of view. Is that clear? There isn't a business way and a God way. There's God's way, which is my way, because I'm a Christian. You can't just turn it off and turn it on and say, well, you know, this is business ethics, this is God's ethics. That shows you're not really a Christian at all. You're a heathen. You go to church on a Sunday, but you live like a devil on a Monday. There's only one way for life. Only one Lord, one God love the Lord thy God I don't value money wealth isn't success any fool can have a big house with a fat mortgage any fool can have a fancy car if he gets it on leasing or on high purchase any fool can fill his house with all the baubles the world would give that's not success That's foolishness. Because in the end, you'll end up worshipping those things more than the Lord God. Doesn't mean you can't have a nice house. Of course you can. Doesn't mean you can't have a nice car. Of course you can. God said he's going to bless you above all people. And so, everyone's going to know it. They'll see it. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is where's your heart? If your heart's 100% for God and you live for God, then you'll get those things without the curse. But the people that worship those things, they get them. But there's a curse attached. We're God's people. We want to live His way. And here they are in Malachi, they're finally getting back to sitting in their houses and talking often about the things of the Lord suddenly they've gone back and the switch has come back they've gone away they've gone into idolatry they've gone into the customs of the world they've gone into all the nonsense in the world and God brings them back God's way is the only way I'm a believer is that clear dedicated child you bring children up in the fear and admonition of god all you parents talking to you all wonder what your children grow up thinking is most important in life what do they value most they'll value what you value they'll learn more by your lifestyle than by your words They'll see in you just what your values are. And if you don't have those values that God intends you to have, you're going to destroy them. But God promises for the people of God for a thousand generations blessing. Hey, that's worth having, isn't it? Hmm? And God says, I'll lift you up above every other people on the face of the earth. That's good. Now you say, well, that's old covenant. Yeah, we've got better promises. A better covenant. Everything's better for us. we've got a God who forgives a God who loves a God who cares it's all better I like it I like something that's better don't you? better than just lifted above all nations better than just lifted up God says better for you there's forgiveness cleansing there's a cross 2,000 years ago Calvary, Jesus came, bled and died. You know you can live this way now because you have the power of the Spirit living within you. The Holy Spirit didn't come just to make you speak in tongues. Thank God for the gift of tongues. That doesn't make you a Christian because you're a tongue speaker. The Holy Spirit came that Christ might be in you That the life you live, you live by the faith of the Son of God He came to change you and transform you He came that you might be everything Do you know my Bible says that a liar Will have his part in the lake of fire and brimstone Lying, exaggeration, deception God says, "There'll people come in in your midst. They'll be like spots in the feast. You'll spot them too." He walks in the door. Anyone's free to walk in the door. Doesn't mean he's a Christian. Don't think just because they come here, they're going to live a Christian life. No, that's not it. What makes you a Christian is your lifestyle. What God's done not just coming to a church not claiming an experience that doesn't make you a Christian it's how you live every moment of every day and it's not the devil that destroys you it's you who destroy yourself 2,000 years ago the devil was beaten at Calvary every devil every demon every principality in power was vanquished at Calvary Jesus rose victorious. And we can have that victory which He gives us. That's the way it is. But God is demanding of you a response. He's saying, All right, so you're a Christian, but how do you live? You parents, some of you have got older children, let me say something to you You made your children what they are Don't ever say, you didn't, you did And examine why they got there Lest you lead other people into the same mistakes God promises it for a thousand generations He cannot lie I'm a believer God is true and faithful In Deuteronomy it speaks of His faithfulness, His truth You can make excuses You can say oh well You know they might have gone wrong But in the end No They don't go wrong Bible promises they won't depart not they'll depart and come back that's not what it says they won't depart from the living God for a thousand generations what a promise what a wonderful promise of God for your sons and your sons' sons I want to talk of it when I lie down when I wake up I want to talk of it when I sit in my home the wonderful ways of God God says I'll I'll raise you up above all people I'll bless you I'll keep you what a promise And do you know this is to the children of Israel and we've got better promises, a better covenant, an everlasting covenant, the most precious thing of all, we have Jesus, the Messiah. The one who came, redeemed us to the uttermost. The one who loves us, cares for us. God said, I'll take away sickness from the midst of you. I'll just remove it. I believe it. I believe in the healing power of the healing God. I think it's the most wonderful thing of all. So easy, isn't it? Now every one of you could understand what I said, can't you? We have a gospel that's true mighty mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds of the enemy we have a conquering king king of kings, lord of lords he's risen, he's alive lives in me to a thousand generations a promise amen do you believe it? Is that plain enough father I just thank you that one of your promises was you'd heal the sick and Lord this day I just lift every need to thee Lord I curse every disease every bondage and I just pray you'll speak the word of life into these bodies quicken them fulfill your promises in Jesus name Loose every fetter, break every chain, open every heart. And Lord, let the words that have been spoken this day be like full of soap and refining fire. Let them work in every heart. Lord, let the challenge of life work in every heart. That we might be the people you want us to be and live the way you intend, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>